If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is known for performance-oriented, holistic, and saleable marketing strategies. Terry Watkins is a forensic marketing specialist, brand builder, and overall marketing expert. Her company, Spin Frogs, operates worldwide with a portfolio of over 200 brands. She works with her clients to find the pitfalls in their marketing and helps to streamline their actions for maximum results. She's a regular podcaster, both host and visitor, discussing industry-leading holistic marketing concepts and strategies, search engine optimization, and other saleable growth strategies. Terry is a strategic visionary known for her compassion and results, especially in the medical sector and small business community. Terry, what an awesome pleasure it is to welcome you to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor. Thank you so much, Susan, for having me here. It is absolutely my honor and privilege to be in your presence and be able to serve your audience today. Thank you. You're an expert in one of my favorite subjects, marketing. And since this is all about marketing, you're a perfect guest for us. But I have to start off asking, what exactly is a forensic marketing specialist? What do you do? I get that question a lot, Susan, and I love answering it. It is pretty unique. I'm not like your traditional cookie cutter agencies that exist out there. My role is really to come alongside a business owner, operate as their marketing department, marketing director, help to organize and coordinate their budget, their strategy, and then oversee it for success. As a forensic marketer, what I've done over the years is I've been able to come into organizations who are already pretty well established. They have teams of, you know, 25 to 50 people, but they don't have a marketing person on staff already. The business owner is wearing multiple hats, as I'm sure a lot of us can relate to. It gets to a point where they've kind of lost track of what they are or aren't doing to generate new business. They don't have anybody in-house monitoring the results either. And so what ends up happening is they go out and they play a round of golf or a round of tennis with somebody, that person they had a good time with, they like that person, they decide to get into an agreement with that person six months, a year, three years down the road. They haven't seen that person. They actually even forgot who that person was, but the contract is still there and nobody's really servicing it or paying attention anymore, but the business owner is still paying on it. And so what I've found is A lot of those situations that are happening across our country is tapping our small business sector dry in terms of revenue resources that they might have available for other marketing endeavors. As a forensic marketer, I come in and I ask them to show me their contracts. 
That's the first thing I want to see is your contracts. So I can look to see where are you competing with yourself? A lot of our small business sector is competing with themselves online, particularly. And that not only waters down their effort and strips away their budget, but it also waters down their results because they end up actually paying more for less click-through rates or less return on investment for each one of their successive campaigns that are competing with themselves. So I like to use my forensic skills, my digging and finding the areas where we're duplicating and streamlining that process. So that way we can free up budget and start to generate better ROI from the work that we're doing. That's fantastic. Our audiences, you will know, are primarily nonfiction authors, and we're solopreneurs. We're working on our own. We're doing everything. And obviously, marketing is such an important part of what we need to do when it comes to selling the book, promoting the book, getting it out there, being seen as an expert in our industry. If you were to give our listeners advice as to where should they start this journey? Because it just seems so overwhelming to them and to the point often that it's so scary, they don't even want to know. (laughs) That's such a great question. And a lot of small business owners are asking that question too. So I don't think it's just authors that are asking that question, especially right now because of everything going on with COVID. I would say the best place to start is Think about the book that you've written. A lot of your authors are nonfiction authors, from my understanding. They're writing stories about their life. They're writing self-help guides or books that are going to help somebody accomplish something in their life, a step. Maybe it's a how-to guide on changing your oil. You know, I'm not sure. But those types of books, we have to think about as the author, who am I writing this book for? And if we can get pretty clear who this book is for, then we can start to begin to understand where that person might be hanging out. If they're in social media, which social media network are they on? Because they're probably not on all of them, but they probably are on some of them. And which ones are they on? Because that's going to make a difference in where you as the author needs to show up to engage that audience and to let that audience know that that book is available to them, to ask questions of the audience. What sort of information do you need on this topic so that you can make sure that you're providing that valuable information inside that book, making that book something that they can't live without? A good place to start is just sort of understanding exactly what's needed in the marketplace. What are some of the challenges that is going on in that particular marketplace and addressing those. You talk about holistic marketing concepts and strategies. Help me understand what those are exactly. A lot of times, because I do a lot in the independent medical world, holistic speaks to them because they're independent medical. Most of them are holistic healers, your aromatherapists, your massage therapists, your yoga instructors. When we bring that down to the book level, though, we're talking about holistic in that we want to make sure that what we're teaching on is not only serving the community that it's intended for, but that it's true to who we are so that we can show up in our best foot forward when we go on to do 
podcasts or when we go on to do video interviews or when we're posting into social media, we want to make sure that we're representing ourselves in a way that's going to be genuine and consistent with what we're sharing about ourselves in those books and those nonfiction works. Because if it's not, you're going to run into a dissonance in your audience's mind about who you are and should they be listening to you. You want to make sure that there's definitely a consistency with every place that you're showing up. And when I say holistic marketing, I really look at an organization and say, from the bottom up and the top down, everybody has to embody this marketing mission because marketing is done internally first and then externally. And if we are not doing the marketing internally, we're missing a huge piece of the pie in our the society, our community, our world that we live in, our fake meter is pretty strong these days. We're going to be able to pick up on a dime that you're not being the person that you're saying you are if you don't do the marketing from the inside first. Yeah, I think there's this feeling that you have to put on an act, especially let's say if you're doing a, a virtual podcast and you're on camera I know that I have a hard time in front of the camera, hence I love hiding behind this microphone here so nobody can see me. But yes, I think there's this feeling of, oh my goodness, people are looking at me. You feel maybe very uncomfortable about that. Do you have any, I know you love doing stuff on camera, any tips for us to feel more comfortable in that situation? Yeah, I think first of all, if you're not comfortable being on camera, don't be afraid to express that. I think people are receptive to that and are willing to work around that and find alternatives. They can still interview you in a podcast format and do something different in terms of visuals, like having the visual of your book or having photos that are playing on a reel if there needs to be a video piece. I don't think that you physically have to be on video If an interview is being offered to you, if you express that to the person who is offering the interview, that you would rather do it as an audio only. The other step, though, would be start to work to overcome that. In this world that we live in today, we're very isolated. We're very disconnected from our sisters, our neighbors, our brothers, because we can't physically be in the same space as them releasing a book today isn't the same as it was even six months ago, where you can go to a Barnes and Noble and do a reading and a signing. Your video is your opportunity to do the reading for your audience so that they can engage with your book. So I would say to get more comfortable with that, maybe take a picture of your best friend and stick it to the front of your camera and poke a hole where the camera actually comes through so that the camera can see you But instead of looking at the camera, now you're talking to your best friend. And that might help to alleviate some of that anxiety because now it's not about everybody else who might possibly be watching. It's just about you having a conversation with your best friend. That kind of strips away some of that anxiety. I like that one. I used to have an aquarium on my desk and I used to talk to the fish. Nice. Yeah. They were my best friend. There you go. And the fish don't talk back. So that's beautiful. You're not expecting them to say anything back. Sometimes your best friend does talk back. And when it's just a photo, it can get frustrating when you're expecting them to say something like smile at you or not. And then they don't. (laughs) 
So, Terry, you run a course called Propel, and I know that you're going to be opening it up shortly for new registrations. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about what you cover in that course. I know it's a sort of essentially what a, a basic marketing course. What do you cover with your clients there? So Propel is my 12-week group coaching program. It is basically taking a marketing strategic plan and building it out for you, building it out with you. It's marketing done with you instead of marketing done for you. A lot of authors and business owners feel like they're kind of up shit's crick without a paddle because they're being dumped into the deep end of marketing and nobody's ever trained them how to do it, where to do it, why they need to do it, and what's going to be the best way for them to do it. That's why I decided to develop this strategic plan that I've been able to test and measure many, many times over with a huge success rate. I've taken it and I've stripped out the individual specific meat to it that's specific to an individual company. And I've left the skeleton and the framework that I can then walk with my people who are in my small groups because it's small groups, no more than 10 people to a room. In that 12-week period, we become very good friends. I strategically put people in the rooms together so that their ideal audiences is aligned so that they can generate some strategic relationships that are going to help them better serve their audience together because we're stronger together than we are as a piece. Inside of Propel, we walk through this strategic plan. And at the end of it, you have your 12-month strategy, which is going to allow you to stay in that action mode instead of, okay, I've done this. Let me see what the results are. Uh, That didn't go very well. Okay, back to the drawing board. What do I need to do next? Mm, Okay, let me do this. Mm, No, that wasn't exactly it. Back to the drawing board. And, And so you're like testing and going back to the drawing board and testing and going back to the drawing board. And that takes us out of being able to just do it and have confidence in the things that we're trying to accomplish. The other idea behind Propel is to give you a focus group where you can say, hey, this is what I'm putting together. Give me your thoughts. Do you think X, Y, and Z audience person who's my target market is going to see value in this? What would be more valuable for that person to see so that you can get that feedback faster? And now you have a much more productive campaign holy that allows you to stay in action and focus on your next book or your next step. That's so important. And I love the idea of the focus group. So many of my authors say, well, what do you think of my cover? What do you think of this title? I said, well, I may not be your target audience for this. In fact, I probably am not. And I highly recommend that they go to their target audience, maybe if it's a Facebook group or just even their followers on Facebook and say, hey, what do you think? And maybe give them a couple of choices so that people have got something to compare it with. And they're the ones who are going to tell you. And going to your target audience is so important. And what I love about going to your target audience too is it allows them to take ownership in your mission and in your piece, what you're contributing to the world. And when we take ownership in something that somebody else is doing, we become a raving fan for you because we're excited about your journey. We're with you on your journey. So you're not on the journey by yourself. 
And that really makes it a lot easier to market because you already have a whole suite of people who want to celebrate and share that book with other people. And if you let them become part of that journey, they're going to be even more excited and involved and engaged with that process along the way. Yeah, and that part is so important as well, because I always say to authors, these followers, especially when they've got such large numbers of followers, that these are your foot soldiers when you're ready to promote the book, that you're relying on them to help you get the word out, because we all know many people. (laughs) Statistics are that every person knows at least 250 other people. If you stop multiplying that by the many thousands that people often have as followers, hey, even over 50% of them do and help you, that could be pretty significant. Absolutely. And especially if you're thinking about people who are in the business community or people who are in who've been prolific authors over the years, we tend to stick together. Birds of a feather flock together. We've heard the saying before. We tend to stick together. And in those communities, we know far more than 250 people a person. Even if just 10% of your following becomes a raving fan for you, that that 10% can have a massive ripple effect of millions of people who now all of a sudden have access to your material that otherwise wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, some people just have a 250 people in their family. (laughs) Right. Precisely. Yeah. What else is important for our listeners as they go out and start marketing their book? What would you recommend? I think it's really important that they address the questions in their readers' minds. The things that would stop your potential audience from picking up that book and reading the book. If you can address those questions, you're going to have a much higher likelihood that they're going to find your book, read your book, pass your book along to somebody else. And typically, they're the same six questions that we all have in every industry. You're either having to overcome the, I don't have the time to read your book. How can you help them read the book faster? Audio version is good because then they can speed it up. It allows them to listen to the book while doing other tasks as well. So that eliminates the time factor. I don't have the money. Well, allowing for an audio version or a downloadable PDF or even a discount, buy one, get one half off kind of deal or something like that on your book helps to eliminate that money factor. And of course, when you're a young author, if you haven't written before, you probably don't want to come out the gate with your book being $39. You might want to come out the gate with your book being $9. It's a much lower risk for somebody to try a new author that's going to help them overcome that money factor. I've tried this before. Didn't work for me. That audience person, you might not be able to convert into your material The other way that you could try is help to overcome their objections. Okay, well, they've tried this methodology before. What are some of the pitfalls that stop people from being successful on this methodology? And can I address those in my book or in my pitch that allows them to feel connected or feel like it's worth trying this book? I'm not in a hurry. I don't have the time. I'm not ready to read the book. Well, okay, that's fine. And we want to make sure that we're addressing 
Yeah. You can still buy the book at the deal that's happening today and keep it on your bookshelf for a year. Like, I don't care when you read it, just read it eventually because I know it's going to help you. And then we're also overcoming the, I've read books like this before. I'm already working with somebody would be kind of that response. There are genres for a reason. The genre has a similar feel to it. And every author inside that genre has a similar feel to how they're writing. However, we buy particular authors because we resonate with that author, because we like their style in particular as it relates to that genre, as it relates to that industry. And so I think that same answer can be said for your industry or for your listeners and their books as well. And then the last one is, I've tried everything already. And the I've tried everything already, maybe you're in the self-help industry and they have already tried a lot of different self-help books. What has prevented them from being successful? This is the same as like, I've already worked with somebody and it didn't work answer. So you want to make sure that you're addressing how is your approach different and how can you help them apply that approach so that they too can find success even with your strategy through your book. And I think addressing those six questions is in your audience's mind and in your reader's mind before they read the book is going to help you increase your visibility in your social media networks. It's going to help you increase your relatability in your interviews, and it'll ultimately help you increase your profitability with the book because you'll be able to sell more of it. You're coming across like you actually care about your listeners. I'm sure all of your authors care about their listeners and want their listeners to get the most out of the material that they've written. So being able to express that, I think, is really important. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what you said right at the beginning about being genuine and consistent. Our listeners love to hear about mistakes, Terry. Can you share one or two mistakes that you come across time after time after time? I think we all make the mistake of consistency. We think if we show up to this interview or we show up to this social media post or we send out that one email that our job is done when it comes to marketing and we don't have to do anything else. But consistency really is key. And the reason consistency becomes such a problem is I'm sure with your authors, we get busy we forget to do it. We don't know what we could be saying to be relevant or to be valuable to help us move the needle in our business. If we think about how we can consistently add value and consistently show up, what we're showing our audience is that not only do we care, but that we are accessible and we understand them. We are posing questions. We are sharing insights, factual information. We're sharing testimonials about how we've helped other people. And the more consistently we can be there, the more accessible we become and the more likely somebody is to take whatever that next step is. And if it's for you as an author to purchase the book, then that's the step they'll take. If it's for you as an author to get an invite into an interview, then that's the step they'll take. So you just got to be thinking about what is it that you want your audience to do and be consistent with helping them reach that final destination of your journey with you. So that way 
they know that they can trust you. It's all about building trust at the end of the day, Susan. And I think if we're consistent, we're able to show that trust, that we're trustworthy, that we trust ourselves, we trust our process, we believe in what we've written, and we trust our audience to show up for us just like we're showing up for them. I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls is not being consistent. We all run into it. Building trust and relationships. I mean, people buy from people they like and they trust. So it's sort of that basic 101 sales, marketing, the same. Absolutely. Tell us about your Propel course and if our listeners are interested, how they could sign up or tell us more about Spin Frogs. What would you like our listeners to know about? The Propel course is small groups. I usually have between two and four small groups of 10 people running at the same time. I have different times of the day that they run. The next Propel program opens up for registrations and enrollment November 1st of 2020. And our first class will be held January 1st of 2021. And my goal is always to position everybody who enrolls in that program in a small group that is going to make the most sense for them, who they're trying to reach or how they're serving that audience so that they can generate those strategic partnerships that are really going to anchor them into the profitability sector that they could potentially reach. And so that's always my intention with it. The best way to get access to Propel is to go to Spin Frogs. That's S-P-I-N-F-R-O-G-S dot com. And then up at the top, there's a trainings tab. If you click the down arrow, there's a section that says group coaching. You click on that group coaching tab, it will take you to the Propel program. You'll be able to read all about it, all of the bonuses and amazing things that we do inside of there. You'll be able to see some testimonials of people whom I've worked with one-on-one. And as we go through this first round of Propel, I'll have more testimonials of people from the group and the success and the results that they're experiencing on that page as well. But that'll be where you go to sign up for it. And again, sign up will open November 1st so that we can start in January. And certainly would love to be a support and to help any of your authors with their marketing strategy so that they can help more people with the books that they are writing in less time with more fun. That's what it's all about. And if you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget, Terry, what would that be? If I had to leave your listeners with a golden nugget, I think the thing that they need to embody the most is that everything they have to say is of value. It's a matter of finding the people who find value in it. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, we've heard. Just because you're not getting the results that you thought you would with your marketing does not mean that your book was a failure or that you have no value because you do, it just means you're in the wrong place. You have to trust yourself, know your audience and consistently show up for them and know that when you do that, your people will come. The whole field of dreams, if you build it, they will come. Your people will find you. It's an energy 
our whole world is made up of energy and energy like energy attracts like energy. And so if you put in to your work, to your book, to showing up for your people, the energy that you want to attract, the people you want to serve the most, they will find you. You just need to be consistent with it and trust in that process that you do have value and people need to hear what you have to say. So please, if you're on the fence about writing the book, write the book because you have something of value to say and people need to hear it. Such wise wisdom. Thank you. Beautiful. It just sort of went right to the core. And so I appreciate you being here, Terry. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.